You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the August edition of the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. We are going to start with a letter from the managing editor of the Crestone Eagle. A momentary lapse. This is written by Matt Litt. Me. I have to write a column, but I don't want to write a column. Editor. Do you want to come to work tomorrow? Me. I guess I'm writing a column. Jump forward more years than my arrested development mind can fathom. I was 27 at the time, and here I am again. This time, I am the editor, but the conversation in my head sounded the same. Momentary lapse. That's what I called the first column. It seems fitting to continue with the premise, a bit of nonsensical musing with the occasional hard-hitting or from-the-heart piece. And so it begins. I hadn't been in the valley for very long, probably less than a month. Alex and I were on our way back from a day in Taos. As has happened countless drives in the past, I may have been, was, driving somewhat, definitely, over the posted speed limit. Luckily, a nice sheriff's deputy heading south started up his emergency lights, and darned if he didn't turn them off and continue on his way. I have a donkey to thank for that one. That is, I have a dead donkey to thank for that one. On our way through the wild horse area north of Costilla and the border, we passed the donkey. While I felt terrible for the donkey, I breathed a sigh of relief, realizing the donkey's demise was the deputy's duty. Within two weeks, again with Alex, though she has nothing to do with this particular momentary lapse, well, actually, she has nothing to do with any of my momentary lapses, but she sure is patient. Anyway, descending Poncha Pass on the way to parts north, I again passed a sheriff's deputy. This time, I wasn't so lucky, and he provided me the opportunity to contribute to the Chaffee County coffers and receive points as a bonus. What does this have to do with anything? Well... Nothing, really, except to remind me, and maybe us, to slow down. Where are we heading anyway that a few miles per hour make any difference? We live in such an array of beauty, and taking a bit more time to enjoy it seems in order. Take a deep breath. It's August, and we can finally do that without ingesting more mosquitoes than a bat at a Valley View mine. Slow it down, enjoy the views, and keep an eye out for wildlife or a donkey. If you'd like to visit, I'll be in the Crestone Eagle office on Tuesdays and Thursdays from about 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Crestone time. Or you can email me at editor at crestoneagle.com or call the office at 719-256-4956. For more about me, visit my l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash photomat that's F-O-T-O-M-A-T-T, list of links. Now turning to county news written by Sandia Belgrade. Codes, affordable housing, grants. Protecting our unique rural county. The rural-urban divide has long been a challenge for counties like ours. The needs of Denver and other large populated areas on the Front Range are widely different from ours. Yet, with their concentration of power, they can make decisions that negatively impact our economic well-being. 
According to Commissioner Liza Marone, the county passed on electing any codes at this time after learning the county didn't have to enact state-mandated codes since it did not already have them in place. This situation prompted Crestone resident and builder Sean King to draft a state statute to protect rural frontier communities. He has drafted the Self-Reliance Act to prevent code oppression from the state. In an interview, modified for space limitations, King said counties will have the right to choose or refuse building codes in whole or in part as deemed fit by local governments in a democratic process. Such legislation will prohibit the state from imposing building codes, including efficiency codes, on frontier counties while preserving the basic plumbing and electrical inspection requirements already in place. It will direct the state government to support the development of locally derived code and code alternatives to achieve safety and energy efficiency to meet environmental goals. This way, the county can be responsive to state goals and, priority, and priorities in ways suitable to frontier contexts and be determined democratically at the local level. It will allow resourceful people with limited incomes to continue to effectively build and modify their homes and small business buildings without excessive or impossible costs and logistical burdens from code requirements that have little or no bearing on their situation or needs, or the needs of their community. The working title for the legislation is the Colorado Self-Reliance Act. Frontier County is a federal government designation for low population density counties without significant urban centers. Beyond simple definitions of terms, frontier status has deep real-world implications for law and governance. Colorado has frontier communities in both rural and frontier counties. They face similar challenges and are similarly vulnerable to unfunded mandates and unworkable regulations imposed by the state. County Progressing with Affordable Housing Efforts Evan Samora, Director of the County Housing Authority, had the initial kickoff with Rural Planner as a part of an Innovative Housing Planning IHOP, grant obtained through the Colorado Department of Local Affairs. The grant will fund consulting services to help the county adopt policies and strategies to encourage the development of affordable housing. The Town of Swatch and the Town of Center have worked with their own consultants through this IHOP grant. Swatch County is opting into Proposition 123 as well, which will make more funding avenues available as well for work in the unincorporated parts of the county. Local municipalities are also considering opting into Proposition 123, which will benefit affordable housing development within their borders. The county will also be working with Deesland Structures, Inc., based in Salida, for architectural design and civil engineering for the future housing development located at 250 Gunnison Avenue in Sawatch. Several funding opportunities exist for this step of the process. Samora congratulated Crestone Peak Community Housing, CPCH. After many years of diligence and hard work, CPCH hosted a groundbreaking ceremony on July 7th for the future housing development named Living Wisdom. Apply now for a sales tax grant. Over the years, sales tax grants have seeded many worthwhile projects in the county. This year, the county commissioners will award grants ranging from $500 to $7,500 in any one of these three categories. 
1. Alternative energy projects and or business and job creation opportunities. 2. Emergency services, public health and safety. 3. Youth and senior services. To make it easier to apply, individuals and agencies have the option to apply directly online or download it directly to a computer from the official website at swatchcounty.colorado.gov slash swatch-county-sales-tax-grant. The Swatch County Sales Tax Grant was established through a ballot initiative that created a fund to distribute to individuals, groups, and organizations to better the Swatch County community as a whole. This funding is derived from a 1% sales tax on most goods sold in Swatch County. The fall application deadline is 3 p.m. on Friday, August 11, 2023. All applications must be submitted either by one of the following ways online, hand-delivered, or mailed to the Swatch County Administration Office located at 505 3rd Street in Swatch, Colorado, 81149. Mail in time to meet the 3 p.m. deadline in, to Swatch County Administration slash sales tax grant P.O. Box 100, Swatch, Colorado, 81149. Apply for the grant and continue to make Swatch County a great place to live, work, and play. License Renewals Coming to Swatch Trish Gilbert, County Clerk and Recorder, reported, thanks to the support of the County Commissioners, the Clerk's Office will soon be able to offer limited driver services such as in-person driver license renewals. This will take six to nine months to complete both off-site and in-office training, equipment installation, etc. Her office has been trying to reinstate services since 2018. Gilbert said her office never gave up trying to reinstate service. For many county residents, it will save a round trip of 100 plus miles to Alamosa. Succeed, a force driving the economy of our county. For over 20 years, the nonprofit organization Swatch County Sustainable Environment and Economic Development, Succeed, has had a long-term vision of being the economic development entity for Swatch County, serving the social, environmental, and economic needs of the county. Emil Warner, Development Director for Succeed, provided this update. Succeed's focus is building programs and partnerships involving housing, land use, education, community healing, food access, cultural heritage, and social well-being. In addition to its own projects, Succeed functions as a fiscal sponsor to a number of community organizations in the county, including the Crestone Energy Fair, SLV Seed Exchange, Crestone Artists, and Crestone Community Gardens, and anticipates the addition of more affiliate partners in the future. Community groups within Swatch County who are interested in working with Succeed can contact Board Chair Max Gibson at maxgib at gmail.com or Development Director Emil Warner at development.succeed S-C-S-E-E-D, at gmail.com. Learn more about Succeed at succeedco.org and by following on Facebook. CSU Extension. Larry Brown, Colorado State University, CSU, 
Extension Director spoke to the Commissioners during a work session in July. Extension programs contribute to the health and prosperity of the San Luis Valley communities. However, few readers may know the CSU Extension benefits the Valley. It provides information, education, programming, nutrition and food, safety, agriculture, range management, natural resources and youth development, notably the flagship 4-H youth program. As Commissioner Marone noted, this is the culture of the Valley. Brown, who helped resuscitate the program, gave an update that was mostly centered around his budget and the finances needed to fund the three agents who work in the Valley. His budget is in need of $16,000 more to meet these goals. Brown hopes all the counties in the Valley will step up and provide the extra funding CSU needs. White Eagle Discussion Vivia Lawson, board president of Baca Water and Sanitation in Crestone, initiated a presentation by Kate Lucas of Brownsfield Redevelopment, located in Denver. For those new to the county, the White Eagle has been an eyesore, a hazard, and a potential liability for the county. Brownsfield services include environmental assessment and technical assistance. Since this was a work session, no decision was made by the commissioners. Code Enforcement Update a good percentage of residents who have acknowledged receipt of failure to comply notices have responded quickly and positively, though 83 cases are still outstanding. There is one property in the Baca with blight that the county has been dealing with for two years. County Attorney Brad Crowell said if the county owns it, it can be cleaned out, but still give the owner an opportunity to clean it out. Then the county can sell it. There is actual evidence that the nuisance code is working as intended. And we have this side note, BOCC extends valuation protest deadline. The SWAT BOCC has voted to extend the deadline for the assessor to respond to valuation protests to August 15th instead of June 30th. More information soon on the assessor website, swatchcounty.colorado.gov. Now turning to gardening news, Garden Tour, pairing photography and art with community floral creativity and know-how. This is written by Shauna Lax. Gardening in our high desert with its short season, high winds, minimal rainfall, intense sun, deer, rabbits, bears, isn't ever evolving art. Creativity, experimentation, a sense of humor, devotion, and love are the basic prerequisites. The Art in the Garden Tour will provide the opportunity to see how others approach these challenges. Come see how some gardeners in this community are evolving their art of gardening. You'll also be able to enjoy the works of visual artists and craftspeople who will be embellishing the gardens on the tour with their own creations. The tour is August 6, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Pick up a list of included gardens the day of the tour at 725 Rendezvous Way in the Baca. For the full descriptions and directions to each garden, send an email request to moresca.copper, that's M-O-R-E-S-C-A dot copper, C-O-P-P-E-R, at gmail.com, up to a day before the tour. A brief list of the gardens and artists on the tour. Shauna Locks, Shauna's Copper Work Illuminations. Al Sutherland and Nora Vivian, Jane Kwan Paintings and Al's Creations, Kizen Lockie and Janet Woodman, Janet's Graphics, Illustration and Architectural Design, Paul Kennetzer with Georgiana, Georgiana Yordnava Paintings, Nanette Phillips, Printmaking, Nichka Cohen, Drawings and Watercolors, and Paul's Fine Art Photography, Lindsay Duber with Lindsay's Paintings, 
and Maddie Bell Lockish with Ron Desain Photography, David and Alder Lockish Paintings, Ivan Lockish Handmade Knives, and Chelsea Braden Sculptures. Continuing with garden news from the Garden Guru, Garden as Art by Maddie Bell Lockish. August is a beautiful month. The biting bugs are usually gone and the days are balmy. I am reminded of an old George Gershwin song. Summertime and the living is easy. Fish are jumping and the cotton is high. I guess we'd have to change the waters, the words to taters instead of cotton in the San Luis Valley, but the thought is the same. August is the golden month, the month where we can look over what we have created and truly enjoy it. To celebrate, we have the Art in the Garden Tour on Sunday, August 6th. Both the gardeners and the artists who will be participating would love to have you visit. This tour is an excellent opportunity for new gardeners in the area to ask questions of seasoned Crestone gardeners, as well as a chance to experience various art forms in a lovely garden setting. Ron DeSain will be showing his photography in my garden. Please enjoy his photos on and look for more tour information. With this month, instead of my usual garden advice, I want to share some ideas that have been rambling through my mind. I love our area artists and I was married to a fine art painter for a couple of decades. I even took some art classes in school. But I have never considered myself a visual artist and goodness knows I am not a musician. But I often think, as I am working in my garden, or just sitting on the porch in the morning and enjoying the interplay of plants with the sunshine, the air, the insects and birds, and when we are fortunate, a shower or a morning dew, that what I am doing is painting with plants. It starts with a canvas, in this case a piece of ground. I can add texture with stones and shrubs and trees. I will probably have to prime the canvas by enriching my soil with compost and other essential ingredients. I may make specially shaped or terrace beds to add depth and diversity to the landscape. Next I will choose my plants. Different heights and textures and leaf shapes will add diversity. Of course the plants will need to grow to fill the space. What is a tiny drop of paint or a tiny plant can be worked or spread or grown to creatively fill a blank spot on the canvas of my soil. And the textures. I love the variety of textures and shapes of plants, leaves, and flowers. Even if I were colorblind, I would be in love with the shapes and feel of leaves. The difference in textures between a mullein leaf and a pinion needle can hardly be expressed in words. And the diverse shapes of so many plant leaves are incredible. I find uniqueness in almost every plant. And then there are flowers with their amazing variety of colors and shapes. I cannot describe the difference between a yellow daisy and a multi-purple iris. Words fail me. But come to my garden some day, especially in the early morning when the sun is angled just right to shine through the intensely variable purple of an iris petal and experience it for yourself. Other creatures come to visit. I rarely put out sugar water for hummingbirds, but they swoop in to sip from the flowers. This morning I watched a female broadtail hummingbird visiting all the Rocky Mountain bee plant blossoms in the garden. It took a long time, for I have left this wild flower plenty of space to bloom in my yard. What a fine show! Much better than a TV version would have been. And the bugs! Insects, spiders, ants, bees, friends and foes. Have you noticed how the early morning light catches the spider webs and reveals their presence to all the small flying creatures? It's not an easy task catching breakfast with a web. Young grasshoppers have been hiding out while their bodies mature. Now they have their harder, iridescent wings and their big appetites and will begin feasting this month. Even they are part of the painting. 
And then there are the changes of the seasons. Few flowers bloom all summer, and most of my veggie garden started out as small as tiny plants. I can truly appreciate the beauty of a purple cabbage. It starts out as a slender thing with only one or two purplish green leaves, but over the course of the summer it changes into a magnificent purple ball with layers of leaves forming circles around its own head and surrounded by more frosted greenish leaves with purple veins running like rivers through each one. It's a magic all its own, watching something like that slowly change over the summer months. I remember when I was younger, spending an afternoon admiring the velvety interior of a pea pod, and the perfect environment that the plant built for its baby seeds to grow up in. More magic. The seasonal changes are even more obvious if we are looking at flowers. Very few flowers bloom all season. Most have their time of glory and then retire for the rest of the year. Take lilacs, for example. I have a large bush that is breathtaking in its color and fragrance for about two or three weeks. After that it becomes another ordinary bush. Thankfully its neighbors, the iris, then the daylilies, come along to show off. It is the gardener's place in the picture to plan all of this. Plant the seeds and seedlings, then tend and water them until they are old enough to accomplish their purpose. Of course, from the plant's perspective, that is to reproduce. In the grand scheme of things, the plants hope to entice an animal to eat them and then carry the seed to another location and drop it, along with a tidy fertilizer package. The robin family eats every service berry they can see, even before the berries are really ripe, leaving me, the human, only a few that are too hidden from their eyes. Birds do a wonderful job of fostering plant life by eating and dropping seeds. The wind is a helper too. Salsify makes silvery airborne seeds as do the cottonwood trees. A major difference between a painting and my garden is the impermanence of it all. It's constantly changing and will all disappear with the frost. C'est la vie. Next year is another canvas. And taking a look at library news written by Sarah Cohen Frey, be sure you follow the Northern Swatch County Library District on Facebook for up-to-the-minute new releases, notifications, and events you won't want to miss. Recurring programs, Summer Storytime, ages pre-K to third grade every Tuesday at the Swatch Public Library at 10 a.m. Summer Storytime, ages pre-K to third grade at the Baca Library at 10 a.m. only on the following Wednesdays, August 2, 9 and 16. Free Food Friday all day every Friday at both libraries. At the Baca Grand Library from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. and at the Swatch Public Library all day. Special events. First Friday Art Reception Friday August 4th at the Baca Grand Library from 3 to 5 p.m. August and September's featured artists are the students of Nomi Kosmowski and Studio 222. All are welcome. Community Flea Market, Saturday, August 26th at Automere's Park in Swatch from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., $10 per table space. Call the Swatch Public Library at 719-655-2551 to reserve yours. Library hours and closures. Both libraries will close early on Friday, August 11th for an all-staff meeting. Baca Grand Library hours are Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Swatch Public Library hours are Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Saturday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. In regional happenings, Friday, August 4th to Tuesday, August 8th, New Stupa Constant upcoming consecration of the Kenpo Karthar Rinpoche Stupa at the Tashi Gomang Stupa site will commence the morning of August 4th at approximately 9 a.m. with afternoon sessions at 2 p.m. The consecration will continue daily ending the morning of August 8th. Parking and shuttles will be at the Kantmud 
water tank ADA access will be available. Thursday, August 3rd to Sunday, August 6th, covered wagon days. This is a family-oriented multi-day community event in Del Norte, Colorado, which helps benefit local veterans and businesses. CoveredWagonDays.com is the website. Friday, August 4th to Sunday, August 6th, Rhythms on the Rio, annual music festival hosted in the Rio Grande River in Del Norte, Colorado. Saturday, August 5th, Fall Planting and Plant Nutrients, another Crestone Energy Fair ongoing education class with Farmer Bob. This time, get ready for Fall Garden. This class also includes information on summer cover crop planting for weed suppression and soil health, as well as joy, love, and nature spirits in the garden. Classes 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., sliding scale of $30 to $75. To sign up, please email oesdirector at crestoneenergyfair.org or call Goldie at 303-903-0968. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us. For the Crestone Eagle, my name is Paula Vaughn. If you enjoyed this program, Please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.